You're listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I'm Pastor Josh. I would like to invite you to embark with me on a journey, a journey of biblical study. Through practical application of the Word of God, it is my prayer that you grow in greater relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Please join me as we journey to the next Stepping Stone of Faith. Today we're going to start a different study. We've been going through the teachings of Jesus for about, I think, two months or so. And as I was praying over what parable to do next, the Lord appointed me to 1 Corinthians. And so we're going to start 1 Corinthians today. We're going to be looking through that. And I was looking through the table of contents of this Bible. We have gone through almost every book of the New Testament in this church so far. We've gone through all of them except for Revelation, Philemon, and the Gospels, completely through the Gospels or completely through Philemon or Revelation. So we've done every other, we've done all books except for six so far. These are, and these, we're doing the first and second Corinthians, but other than these, we've done all the other books except for six. So that's a pretty good accomplishment. Amen. So let's go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians. In your, if you're in the Red Bibles, it's got to be at 983, 982, and then the 1 Corinthians is on the opposite page. First and 2 Corinthians were written about the same time, between 55 and 57 A.D., and the introduction to the book says, first, the, the first epistle of Paul, the apostle, to the Corinthians was written between A.D. 55 and 57 in Ephesus. This letter addresses Christian life and conduct because some men in the church at Corinth visited him to report on the condition of the Corinthian church. Also, Paul had received a letter inquiring about doctrinal and ethical matters. The letter should be read with care and conjunction with 2 Corinthians due to the fact that the second epistle addresses and resolves similar issues. The great love treaties in chapter 13 must be read in context. Love must accompany and inform the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians reflects the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells in our hearts and we should live holy lives and reflect the unity, love, and holiness of God. So that is what we're going to be looking at, how we're going to approach these two letters. Um, so we're going to go right into 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Probably going to go down to verse 9 today. This is basically just the greeting and the thanksgiving part. because, And I never, I never um, skip these because it's important to be thankful. It's important to, to be um, desiring to, to do what God wants us to do with a thankful heart. So let's go ahead and read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 through 9 today. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and and Sesthenes, our brother. To the church of God, which is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ, called to be saints 
with all who are who in the in every place call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ our Lord both their Lord and ours grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ I thank my God always on our on your behalf for the grace of God which has been given to you through Jesus Christ by him you are enriched in everything in all speech and in all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you are not lacking in any gift while waiting for the, re the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful and by him you were called to the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, Paul says a lot of things over and over again, doesn't he? Call every place, call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace by, from our Lord and Father, from, from our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He uses the word Jesus Christ multiple times in nine verses of Scripture. Reason being is because Jesus Christ should be the center of our lives. We'll, we will delve through this one verse at a time. Paul called, by our, by an, called, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and sustains our brother. Now, this is the explanation, or the, the salutation. Whenever we write letters, does anybody write letters anymore on paper? Not really, do we? But we say, we would say, dear so-and-so, and go on to the thing. This is the dear so-and-so of the first century. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sothenes, our brother. Now, he's not saying in here that Sothenes, I think that's his name, Sothenes, it's by Sothenes' will that he's an apostle, what he's saying is that he's an apostle called by God, by the will of God. So it's a letter from Paul and from Sustenes. Okay? It can be confusing to say, well, is, this, is Paul saying that he's an apostle by the will of God through Jesus Christ and this other person? No. What he's saying is he's, a, he's an apostle called by God through Jesus, by, 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 by the will of God, and also Sustenes our brother. He didn't put Sustenes up there to say, Paul called an, call, Paul and Thustenes called to be an apostles. He's the apostle. He's writing it in conjunction with this other person. Okay? So, has to have any confusion issues there. And then he goes into the second verse. And this is who it's to. Business letters are that way. From to. You have the from such and such with an address to such and such with an address. To the church of God that is in Corinth, which is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Jesus Christ, called but to be saints, with all who are in every place, called on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both their Lord and ours. Now, he's writing this letter to Christians, to the Corinthian church. 
First verse, he says, this is who I am. I'm Paul. I'm an apostle. I have credentials to write this letter because I've been called by God as an apostle to write these things. Now, Sothenes is not writing this letter, but he's writing it while in the presence of Sosthenes. Sosthenes was probably the scribe that wrote the letter. And then he's writing it to people who are called by God. So he's not writing it as a general letter. There's, ge there's general letters and then there's distinct letters for churches. This is, an, this is not a general letter. This is the, a distinct letter to the church. And then he goes on and he says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's, just, he's giving them a blessing. Grace to you. We all, we all need grace, don't we? We all need grace to be able to work through our lives and do that which we're supposed to do. We need to exercise it. We need to experience it. So he's saying grace to you and peace. Not turmoil, not anguish, but peace. Grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Not from your outside surroundings. Not from the things of this life. There's so many things that we think can give us peace. There's so many things we think can give us peace in this life. Sometimes it's our family. Sometimes it's the way that we are, it's our routine. It's our structure. So many things can give us peace in this life. But he's saying this peace is not from your tangible outward experiences. This peace is to come from our Lord, our, from, from, from God and our, and, our, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Not from your outward experiences. Not from the things in this, that's tangible, but from God and, and Jesus. And he goes on with an encouraging thing. He says, I thank God always on your behalf for the grace of God which has been given to you through Jesus Christ. Thanking God for them. You know, we need to do that. As a church, as, as individuals in this church and as Christians, we need to be thanking God for those that are around us. Such as it is sometimes, we need to be thanking God for those that are in our lives. You know, as I think about this individual church, and I pray for everybody in this church on a regular basis, and there are, there are times when I thank God for things that each one of you can put into this church, what you offer this church as individuals. And it's a wonderful thing. And, I, and Paul is saying here that he thanks God for them every single day. I think we need to thank God every single day for the things that, for the people in our lives that help us, that challenge us, that in times rebuke us and set us right with God. So it's important to be thankful. And he says, by him you are enriched in everything, in all speech and in all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ has been confirmed in you, so that you are not lacking in any gift while waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
You, by Him you are enriched. By Him. Not even by me. We are, you are enriched. I am not enriched by things outward. Things that are tangible. Unless God has directed me in those things. You know, this is tangible. And we should be enriched in this every day. And sermons are tangible. And if God has the ability to say, here's what I want you to partake in today, this, this sermon or this teaching or this Bible reading or whatever, if it's a God-driven thing, we need to be able to understand we need to find something to enrich ourselves in it. We're not going to be enriched by our feelings. We're not going to be enriched by our emotions. We're not going to be enriched by our bitterness and our anger. But by God, by Jesus Christ, we're enriched in all speech and knowledge. So if we're enriched by God, our speech should change, right? Not just whether we say cuss words or not, but the way that we talk to each other and to other people. Sometimes we can be people that are crabby and cranky, wake up on the wrong side of the bed every morning. You know? Sometimes we're like that. But if we're enriched in God, we, we can be like that. But we should say, well, God, you've given me another day. So thank you for that day. Thank you for this day. Help me to be better. And then we go on with that knowledge that, yes, we, we need to go before God and we need to ask for those things. And then impart that to other people. Be kind in our words. Not only in words and speech, but in knowledge. Our knowledge should be in change. We enrich. We should be desiring all knowledge. Okay, she called me and I don't know why. Monster mash. But anyway. Anyway, that, that wasn't God, by the way. Um, we should be enriched in our thinking, our knowledge, our thought patterns. We should be enriched in all that. We should be desiring God. We should be desiring His Word. We should be desiring His presence. Now, I'm not saying, and see, when I was a young Christian, I thought that I should put God before everything, which we should, but I mean like if I'm at work, when I, when I, was, I thought when I was working, my work became secondary and I should be focusing on God. So if I was in the middle of a job or something and I wanted to minister to somebody, I would just walk away from what I was doing and go find someone to minister to. That is not what God wants us to do. But our, but our thinking should be enriched in that we should be desiring for an opportunity and God will bring the opportunity to us and we should be doing our jobs as though we're working for the Lord. Amen? But our thoughts, our thinking should be better, should be enriched through Him. There's a lot of things out there today that can enrich your thinking, not for Christian 
thought patterns. A lot of self-help books. A lot of things that will center your chakra or whatever. But there are, but those things try to enrich your thinking so that you are, you are more calm, you are more, you are more um, peaceful. But we, we can be more calm and peaceful if we focus on the Lord. We focus on Him. That's what we need to be doing. Our thought patterns can be enriched. And as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So if we are doing these things, it is a confirmation of the change Christ has made. Now, I wasn't always a Christian. I became a Christian at the age of 23. And my life at the age of 21, 22, 19, 20, what, you know, before then, I looked out for me. I took care of me. I did what I wanted. I talked the way I wanted to. I went where I wanted. I thought what I wanted. Made the choices I wanted. And I made wrong choices and had wrong thought patterns. I had wrong decisions. I had wrong living a wrong life. And then Christ came in at the age of 23. And things changed. I put God first. I put Christ first. And that change is a testimony of the work God is doing. And, and we can all have stories like that. We can all have stories like that. Maybe we were born in a Christian home, but that doesn't make us all Christian. Born in a Christian home, that don't make you a Christian. You have to make that decision. There always is a past that we have to look at and say, God saved me from this. This is who I was. This is who I am now. And you can see the change. And it's a testimony of Christ in our life. It's a testimony. Pastor Steffi always used to tell me, and he, and he did last time I talked to him, actually, that if you're a Christian, your want-tos change. Well, that means, what I think it means, what he's saying is, you don't desire the things of the world anymore, you desire the things of God. And so, yes, we do wrestle with the things of the world, and we do. Things that are familiar are easier to go to than things that are not familiar. You know? If, we're, if, if we've lived, like I lived 22 years as a non-believer, that first couple of years, it was hard for me to not fall back into that old lifestyle. Because it's what was familiar. It's what I grew up with. It's what I knew. But this new lifestyle was something I had to learn to become familiar. And it's familiar now. The old lifestyle, it's kind of foreign to be the way I was. This new lifestyle is now second nature, and that's how it should be, and that's what he's saying when he says, even though, when he says, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. What we say is confirmed by the life we live is what he's saying. 
Then he goes on, he says, so that you are not lacking in any gift while waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's another scripture in there where it says that we, should, we I believe it's in James, where he talks about that we, are, that we are not lacking anything, so that we're not lacking anything. If we're in Christ, we should be trying to and striving to getting more like Christ. Not perfect, but more like Christ. More like-minded. Like Christ. And as we become more like-minded in Christ, then we, that change becomes more natural, more familiar. He goes on to say, he will strengthen you to the end so you may be blameless on the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he will strengthen us. Spiritual strength. Emotional strength. Mental strength. Strengthen us. You know, people that are martyred for their faith, know how much strength it has to take? Somebody has a knife or a gun to your head and says, denounce Jesus or you're going to die. And they say, I'll never denounce Jesus and they die. You know how much emotional, spiritual, and mental strength that has to take? Because for the life of anybody that was in, would be in that situation, you would think, I wouldn't want to die. I wouldn't want to go through that horrific event. I wouldn't want to do that. That's not something I want to do. But can you imagine the mental and emotional strength it takes for God to strengthen us to the point where we say, go ahead and shoot. I'm going to be with Jesus. That's a lot of mental, emotional, and spiritual strength and a lot of trust in God. That's the kind of strength he's given us. The strength that we could go through life and say, no matter what, I'm with Jesus. No matter what, I'm walking with him. And if it takes my life, I'll walk with him in eternity. That's the kind of spiritual strength that he's going to give us. He will strengthen you to the end so you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're to be blameless. Paul said that at the end of his writings, he said, I've, I've finished my race, I've run the course. He was blameless before God when he died because he had denounced or he was going to get beheaded. And he was beheaded. So Paul had strength, the kind of strength that God wants us to have each and every day. For, for context for us for 2021, the strength that says that, well, someone's going to make fun of me for being a Christian, that's okay. How many of us really don't like when that happens? I don't. I don't like being made fun of for being a Christian. That doesn't happen so much anymore, but I, I didn't like it when it was happening. I didn't like being called a holy roller. I didn't like being asked if when I went to church, if I, swang, if, I swang, if I swang from the chandeliers or from the ceiling fans or whatever, I didn't, that wasn't who I was. I didn't like that. I'd be laughed at and snickered at because I had my Bible with me. I didn't like that. It took spiritual strength. 
It takes spiritual strength to continue on. And we have to, as individuals, we have to depend upon God in His Word and in His presence to give us that strength to keep going. We've got to keep going. You know, some people that are older, to the young, younger generation, ah, oh, you're just old-fashioned. Remember that? I, there, 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 there used to be a saying when I was a kid, an old fuddy-duddy. He's just an old fuddy-duddy, you know, because people had morals and they had, they had respect and they had, they had um, not only morals, but they had principles to live by. Oh, they're an old fuddy-duddy. No, they are not. They are living a principled moral life in God. And that's what we need to be. One, one day I'm going to be the old fuddy-duddy, you know, probably with my kids. You're an old fuddy-duddy. But, you know, it's one of those things. And then he goes on and he encourages them in the last verse of this section. God is faithful. And by him you were called to the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful. Grab onto that for a moment and apply that to the things of your life. If you're going through something, if you're... If you're Doing, if, you're, if you're not able to um, mentally handle things or whatever the case might be or whatever, God is faithful. God is faithful. And by him you were called to the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. God draws his people, doesn't he? How did we come to the Lord Think about how you came to the Lord. What was it like? How did that happen for you? Did you know that if you're a believer, God drew you somehow through something? For, I believe it was, Billy Graham was drew, drawn by a tent meeting by, I don't remember what the guy's name was. It wasn't Billy Sunday, but it was somebody else. It was another person. But God drew him through that person. So what person drew you? What, who did God use to draw you to himself? For me, it's been, I was 23. It's been almost 25 years. For some of us, it might be longer. Some of us might be shorter. But who was it that God used that drew you to himself? And as I think back of my, my life, I think back, it's been, he's been, he, he was drawing me from the age of 12. As I look back on that. So think back on that and say, well, I gave my heart to the Lord on this date because this person said this or brought me to the, this meeting or whatever. But think even farther. What did God use through your youth to draw you to himself so that you would have fellowship today with him, 2021, in this church, Halloween Day or Reformation Day, today? For me, at the age of 12, it's the first time I met Pastor Steffi. I've known him most of my life. The first day I met him, he was a substitute teacher in our class, and he was a great substitute teacher. Enjoyed it. I knew he was a pastor because he told us he was a pastor. 
He could not preach in the church or in the school, but his conduct and his way of life and the way he did things showed that he was a Christian, even though he didn't say it. And I wasn't old enough to comprehend what that meant. But I was drawn to the spirit he was putting forth in his life. So at the age of 12, God was drawing me to that place. So when you think about that, think about who was it that God used to draw you to himself. And then grab onto that and grab onto your Bible and get reinvigorated in the Holy Spirit in your Bible. Amen? So that's the challenge this week. Think about that in your youth. Sometimes it's good to remember those things anyway, to, to, to just get reinvigorated in God. But think about those, those things in your youth, that, and those people that God used to draw you to himself. And then go farther than that and think, how did it feel? What did it feel like in your, in your spirit to be in the presence of someone who you now know was a Christian at the time that you were being in contact with them? What did it feel like? in your spirit. I've had contact with other Christians and I've thought, there's something different about this person. I don't know what it is. There's something different about them. And you find out they're a Christian, like, aha, it's spirit bearing witness with my spirit. It's Christianity. It's God showing me another believer. Think about that this week and just meditate on that and get reinvigorated with God. Ask him to touch your life. And this, this, we're coming up on November, Advent season, Christmas. Just kind of get invigorated in that and just let your re re relationship with God grow into something spectacular this Christmas season. Amen? Let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you today for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Lord, I pray that you would touch and bless each and everyone that's here today. Minister to us, give us strength, uplift us, help us, Lord, to look to you. Help us to remember that drawing of your spirit to yourself today. Help us to, to remember that and help us to grow in the knowledge that, you're, that you love us. And Father, we thank you for that. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. If you find value in this content, please consider subscribing. You can also find an audio podcast of this video on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today. God bless.